Oh my gosh. Uh, oof. Thanks for thanks for seeing me on such short notice. This was uh, this week kind of this week was kind of a uh, kind of walloped me. Kind of walloped me good. Oh oh, tell me uh tell me about what's going on. Has it been the weather? Uh well, I mean you know it's certainly been the weather. The weather's been you know it's been it's been weird outside for sure. Uh, it's, you know, we, I, and I guess I could talk to you about like the sort of myriad, uh, personal problems that I'm kind of just going through all the time, the, you know, things that are just burning down in my personal life. Um, but the thing that I really wanted to come in and talk to you about today, uh, well, okay. So you, you've definitely, you, you, you know about Texas Chainsaw Massacre for sure, right? Oh yeah, the classic to uh, Toby Hooper film from nineteen seventy four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From from the seventies, whatever. It's a gruesome, uh, horrible, and some you know kind of funny, but like mostly just fucked up uh, film with like a very a very long franchise, a long tale of sequels and remakes and requels and all this sort of stuff. Yes, yes. No, there's there's. Uh... Leatherface was probably one of the last ones that came out, I believe, mm -hmm. from uh, from Lionsgate, part of their their earlier failed attempts to reboot a bunch of franchises. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they they're they're doing their best out there now. Yeah, they basically, you know, with with the Texas Chainsaw series, it's kind of. I mean, like, you know, they're constantly making new ones. I, I don't know what the situation is there. They have, they seem to have like a lot in Bulgaria that they shoot all of the Texas Chainsaw movies on since, <laughs> since the start, basically, uh, which is fun. We love that for them. They came out with a new one of these. I don't know if you heard. About oh it. yeah, I know. I saw it on Netflix. There's the, there's the, there's that uh, trailer moment where it's like, ah, look out Leatherface. We're going to cancel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're fucking canceled, bro. You're gonna... bro. You're you're trending on Twitter, and it's they're 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 beating your ass in the quote tweets. Dude, they're beating you in the quote tweets, dude. DNI, if you have a chainsaw, cannibal apologists, do not do not follow. <laughs> read my card, please. Read my Leatherface. You haven't read my card, clearly. Basically, this new one. It looks like the production was a whole nightmare. They had to like you know drop the original filmmakers due to creative differences and then they kind of rush seemingly rush the production on it blah 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 so there's everybody a lot of stuff about it uh there's a lot of stuff about it having really bad uh polling mhm mm yeah 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 just basically the whole world's working against this film everybody knows it's not going to be good right we all understand right. that it's a it's a Netflix original. When was the last time Netflix original signified quality and not quantity? Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so that being the case, uh, let me take a big sip of my coffee here. Mm -mm. Why were there parts of this movie that I loved, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I mean, well, okay. Let, let me let me let me get a good uh, kind of litmus test for where I'm at here. How how si how safe I feel, uh, kind of sharing my feelings here. Yeah, of course. What, what did have you did you watch New Texas Chainsaw? What did you think of New Texas Chainsaw? The new for twenty two one. Yeah. Um, I th I thought it was bad. I 
uh, kind of wish it was worse. I don't know. I get really excited when I see a lot of news articles about uh, a film having a very bad production cycle because usually that produces kind of an interesting train wreck. Right. Um, and this one I thought was just disappointingly uh, just, you know, kind of a, a, a bad film, but not really much to to look at for yeah. how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. My my feeling in that regard, the, I, I will say I like the doo doo pipe. I like when when uh, Leatherface cuts the doo doo pipe, and it mm. covers the character who looks like Dory Seif in doo doo. Yeah, and poopy. Yeah, and the poopy. The Aaliyah Shawkatness of her. Uh, I, <laughs> I I I think that like, I think there's a non-zero search party influence in this movie, honestly, and I. I don't just say that because of the styling of the main character. I, I, I think that there's like the the sort of like plot beat that they basically kicked this woman out of her home on absolutely no basis that she owned the title to her home. Um, that's very, very funny. Uh, yeah. Maybe more, maybe more or less. And, you know, it's hard to say how funny they intended this movie to be. I, I think they intended this movie to be pretty funny, pretty goofy, pretty fun. Uh which I think in 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 fits and starts it kind of like is like, you know, uh, I mean, the most important thing for me to kind of uh, you know, get out of the way as a disclaimer is that like, yeah, it's a bad movie. Like, no, no, it's not good. <laughs> like, it 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 did not uh, surpass your lowered expectations enough for you to go. You know what? Actually, it's good. Right, yeah, like, let's establishing the stakes of the argument here, like, okay, no, like, it's not, like, a good, good film. Uh, that being said, like, I personally didn't have any qualms with the cinematography. Um, I thought the pacing was okay. I thought there were some, some, like, really cool set pieces. Uh, but, the, well, okay, yeah, the, the important, another part of the important disclaimer is that, like, those you know good parts bad parts the bad parts of it is pretty much the entire intent and like the spirit and like everything that they came up with when they were in the writing phase is bad the the evil nature of the film at the, the heart of itself yeah there is a very dark evil at the heart of this film and the dark evil is uh what if black people gentrified white people uh wouldn't that be crazy which is like okay there's like or you know i don't know like that's basically this it, it's kind of trafficking in this sort of like really hyper online discussion of gentrification that is uh very 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 disconnected from reality uh, yeah i know the 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 engines of gentrification are not actually um a tech startup advertisements partic like the people in a tech the, the stock people in a tech stock uh tech startup advertisement coming into a town and being like we're gonna turn this town into a froyo shop yeah and take selfies um it's it's you know real estate development it's it's uh councilmen conspiring with with the local political power forces in order to cons uh in order to basically turn 
public housing into another commodity or another stock that can be flipped. Uh, it's it's landlordism. It's yeah. not it's not some guy with a really stupid idea to turn a ghost town <laughs> into a into a retreat. They don't really seem to convey what the plan is very well. The film. I don't think they know what the plan is very well. I mean, it's not very commonly that you see like. I don't know, we could kind of spin a yarn about how uh, people who kind of live out in the country in, of America are like white, you know, white ruralites are kind of insulated a little bit from gen the forces of gentrification by uh, a lot of factors. Um, but yeah, kind of more importantly, like the film. <laughs> I, I think I think the film also on that note kind of this is the fact that like them being insulated from gentrification isn't like because the threat of gentrification is there it's because like their town will be bled to death yeah and then will not be gentrified yeah. <laughs> and then it will it, then it will simply be allowed to rot off the face of the earth kind of in 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 the vein of every bad movie like half in half out on whether it even wants to be serious about like this stuff you know uh which also it's half in and half out on whether it wants to talk about like school shootings and gun rights and things like that. Like it doesn't really seem to have a very firm point on that. Uh, it just seems to want to like nudge it, talk about it, show scenes of this character, like her traumatic, you know, flashbacks to a school shooting, which gotta say pretty, pretty normalized at this point. Right. That it, it felt right. For it to be such a small part of the plot, like that feels signif significant to me as someone who graduated in 2010. Yeah, no, same. I, I felt like it was interesting that it's like, well, here's a film, you know, that's kind of finally acknowledging the fact that like it would make sense for your character to have a character that is a survivor of a mass shooting and it not be, you know, like this not not make the film about mass shootings because it's just so common now that there just are gonna be people who survived mass shooting. It's so common now that there was a person who died in a mass shooting who had survived another mass shooting. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's heinously common for for how untouched and undiscussed it is in film. Um, but this film kind of wants to both have that and also like not really talk about it <laughs> right yeah exactly uh, and it's just that that's that's classic bad movie stuff is like you know oh it's a hot topic let's put it in which i guess kind of brings me to the yarn that i want to spin in in regards to like the things that i find good about this movie uh which is uh at the very end of this movie uh, they engage auto drive. Spoiler. Uh, they engage auto drive in their like brand new car. It's basically a car commercial. It's pretty. I, I it was at that point that I was like, I I had turned against the movie by this point, and I was like, oh okay. Somehow I I forgot about the original like Texas Chainsaw ending, where she's like in the back of the car, blah 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 blah. Leatherface yeah. doing his spinny little dance maneuver, blah blah blah. Um. And so I was like, oh, they're just going to they're just going to get out of it in their brand new fancy car. No, uh, the car auto drives away. And while it's auto driving, the girl in dri the driver's seat, the main character, watches her sister get decapitated. 
fully it decapitated. Pulled, pulled from the car. Uh, and then, like, Leatherface does his, like, up B attack. Yeah. Literally. And it's just, like, decapitates her. Yeah. Like, amazing. I, I, I literally, like, scream laughed when I saw that. Which... It is, I, I did also scream. There was a lot of moments in this film where I just started, uh, where I would just scream laugh with my friends. Yeah. I, I like, that like the thing where like I, the the girl trying to like escape from the massacre that's happening in the bus that's like clearly kind of a kind of low key a snowpiercer reference uh and like she gets out but at what cost uh uh uh, uh, uh. stuff like that where it's like if if it's not really doing a good job at being a movie it's at least doing a good job of being this sort of confluence of like you know, pulling in these, like, drony, Beyond the Black Rainbow, Mandy-style, like, new horror-directing-style conceits, uh, and, and kind of mixing them in with, um, you know, like, a formula that already exists. Um, do I wish the focus was different? Absolutely. Uh, do I think there was some craft here as well? Yeah, absolutely. It's So it's kind of complicated that way. No, I mean that makes sense. There, there, are, and it's, it's. I'd be curious to know if some of the moments that you did like came from the previous directors or from uh, David Blue Garcia, who is the current, uh, who was the director that ended up finishing the film. Um, I'm looking at his filmography and I don't see anything that jumps out. Uh, uh, I don't think they used any of the footage that the original, uh, that the original director shot. So I, I think okay. it's all David Blue Garcia. He directed Red vs. Blue vs. Rooster Teeth, a TV series short episode of Red vs. Blue in 2016. Oh, well, that explains why you like this. No, <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, what the oh, fuck? Oh, oh, you know what? Bloodfest was released on Vit Rooster Teeth's video on demand service. Which, okay. by the way, Rooster Teeth <laughs> has a video on demand service. That's so... Wait, no... He didn't even direct that. Why is this movie connected to it? Did he just have something to do with it? Oh, I think he was the cinematographer. Oh, that would make sense. He was a cinematographer in a lot of movies, which I think explains why I thought this movie looks so good. Because, uh, like, there's a huge focus on, on the cinematography. I, I will say a lot more visually stylish than a film this otherwise bad has a has a right to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I liked the, the, the sunflower field scenes. Yes. Like like on a visual design level, like those were really cool. I'm going to be like honestly, I thought that the the scene of the girl like stuck in the van with like she's she, and she like has to look in like the side mirror at Leatherface while he's like carving up somebody's face and then the guy next to her is like still alive and she has to play dead. Like that I thought that scene was so fucking cool. Like that you know. that scene feels like the that feels like a scene that, like, the sort of film, like, kind of is, is hanging its hook on. Yeah. You know, like, like that would be, like, if it had been done somewhat differently, that would be, like, maybe, like, the opening of the film or something that kind of introduces what's going on. Um, yeah, that, and so I can definitely see that the film sort of, like, maybe, like, that was a starting point and the rest of the movie kind of grew out from there. Because the further you get away from that scene... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A, a, a lot goes a lot goes a lot happens the further you get away from that scene yeah a lot happens that doesn't feel very 
I don't know. It doesn't feel very slashery. It feels kind of goofy. I, I keep hearing people talk about the tour bus scene, and I don't understand it because, A, I feel like cramming a bunch of your kills into one scene like that doesn't really work. Pacing, mm. like, like for, like, the, the pace of everything. And B, while it stylishly looks fine, it's very, it becomes very apparent very quickly that, like, all of the extras in the background are just kind of standing against the bus and going, like, 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 just kind of, like, hitting the side of it, like, when they're not in focus. Uh, yeah. And so it becomes extremely apparent really quickly that most, if not uh, m- the vast majority of them could have escaped from the bus by just running behind him when he was killing someone else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I didn't have too many qualms with that scene. It was like a little, it was a little messy. Uh, yeah, it, it was a very, it was just a very sloppily executed scene. And I think a lot of people were kind of like, oh, look at all these cool kills. But it was like, I mean, I've, these are kind of like standard kills for like a newer horror film. Yeah, I would agree with style. that. And so there wasn't anything like particularly interesting there, but the, the interesting element of it was that they were on a bus and you can see multiple parts where there are people like behind him, but closer to the exit than he is, who are still just like standing motionlessly against a wall, like hitting it like they're trying to escape and get away from him instead of going in the direction that would make sense to get away from him. That's like, that's, that sounds super nitpicky, but it's just like, you kind of have to see the scene playing out to kind of notice that the way it's constructed is very messy and like, doesn't really make sense. Uh, other than like, Oh, we need to amp up the kills in this film. Uh, let's just have them slaughter a bunch of people in a bus and like, whatever, it'll look fine. Yeah, let's 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 get our kills out in this one scene. Let's see if we can just kind of make it, you know, make it make it middle heavy or whatever you want to yeah. call that. It's a real it's a real uh, bottom heavy film. It's a real pear <laughs> shape, real pear shaped slasher film. Uh, little thing went real pear shape, I tell ya. Yeah, uh, like that's kind of the frustration is like for every genius idea, it it. it and it really did ping pong like scene by scene almost where it was like there there would be like a fantastic smart awesome idea or kill or like something set up that's cool uh and then it would kind of switch to something that's like really kind of rote and uninspiring character work or or really just something that's like pretty pretty much just racist uh-huh. yeah <laughs> you know no, the 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 extended um, Confederate flag scene was really embarrassing to watch. Yeah, real bad. Like, what are you what are you saying, man? What are you trying to say? What are you talking about? Because like you don't the scene itself, just like the the conflict of like obviously you know the these these primarily non-white characters from a from a city are going to see a Confederate flag on an old building and be like, Ugh, that's, that's, uh, that's bad. We should remove that before the investors get here. And obviously that might be like a point of conflict with the, the people who live in the house that they're taking it off of that they don't know live there. But then they just like have her explain why it's okay. <laughs> and that's when it gets a little like, I, you're getting to like, 
a conversation that you definitely do not have the depth to handle in a film like this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, like they make it so abundantly clear that they don't have the handle for it. Like it, it felt like that they were like worried. Oh, the fact that she has a Confederate flag makes her too unsympathetic. So we need to give her an explanation so that the audience knows that she doesn't have it for racist reasons. But that like, just kind of underlines the fact that she's definitely like thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I only have it there because it reminds me of my granddaddy. I wonder yeah. what it reminded him of. Yeah, I wonder I why guess he had we'll it. never know. <laughs> like they're like if that was their concern, I feel like there's so many you could have had her just be like, oh, you know, like we don't get a lot of people around these parts, so I've never thought about it. Right. Oh, like I've yeah. never thought I've never thought how that would like how that might look because people don't come here. Yeah. Or just have uh, her have it be bad that that's have it be bad that there's a Confederate flag and have it yeah, not be sort or just or just yeah or just have it be like hey this woman could be racist and they could still be responsible for her death by kicking her out of her house. Like yeah, it could it could almost be that everybody is bad. Yeah, it, you don't you don't have to make these characters sit like you don't have to be like we got it we can't we can't have her have like a flaw that would make sense for this character to have <laughs> yeah see like that is just so it's just so talking down to the audience just so not a real thing not a real conversation this is gonna get them talking on social media about our movie like fuck you fuck, you're doing the same thing that the characters are doing you're fucking showing up to these conversations with your little bus and all of your investors yeah and setting up, setting up in a in a dead dusty town, and a dead dusty franchise, <laughs> and kicking up all kicking up all sorts of dirt. Uh, there was like this really annoying conversation I saw about it, where people were talking about like, well, the original film, you know, is about the energy crisis, uh, and so it's interesting that this film talks about gentrification and stuff. And I'm like, the original film is not, and I'm putting this in quotes about the energy crisis yeah no. <laughs> like it is that it is drawing on it it is using it as like an underlining but there aren't characters going around saying damn you hear about that energy crisis <laughs> that shit sucks bro <laughs> dude i love being from the city and having energy and not having it and and the and the crisis oh the Man. crisis Let's let's sit around and discuss uh, whether or not Reagan is, is whether or not Reagan has what it takes to 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 you know be tough enough on Iran to solve this energy. No, it's just it just it uses the anxieties of the moment and it uses that to tell a scarier story by by making it relevant that you can then you know translate into modern issues and modern anxieties as well. This film will not age in that way because the way we talk about gentrification and mass shootings probably will be different in 20 years. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Texas Chainsaw is about something much, much bigger than, you know, a, a like, I mean, it's, it's kind of drawing on the imagery of like Ed Gein and, and shit like that from yeah. long he's, before. He's a, he's a, they're a cannibal family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also notice they cut that out of this one. Weird. <laughs> he's not a cannibal this time around well leatherface has been through so much and i mean like this is we it's hard to t i mean like 
It's hard to tell he's how lost, this he's plays. He's lost his hunger for it. Yeah. <laughs> he's lost his passion. He's not, you he's know. Lost. He he doesn't put the make the makeup on the same way in the morning anymore. He just, you know, stops and looks in the mirror. It's just ever since that like vegan cannibal place, you know, opened up across the street, you know, it's just, it just feels like what like the the, the cannibal fusions. Yeah. The restaurant. <laughs> there goes the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah, it's uh I mean, le yeah, le Leatherface goes through a lot. Aren't they like an Illuminati like plant or something? The family in like I, I, one of the movies. I think so. They've they've been through a they've been through a lot. I need I need to watch the the whole series. I know that this one ignores the canon of some of them because from what uh friend of the pod Lonnie was telling me in the more recent remake reboot sequels whatever um the main character like like is like a distant relative of him and like tames him <laughs> like has him as like like a thing she can deploy. Hmm. Uh, so, something like that is what I, is what uh, Lonnie was telling me. So it it seems like the series kind of goes all over the place, and I guess making him an icon for ghost town anti gentrification. Yeah, it's like I guess a direction one one can take the the character in. I guess when you aim when you come to gentrify the rural areas you never know what you might find careful kicking kicking over those boulders also yeah, yeah the... careful careful what uh orphanage that you don't have the deed to you walk into <laughs> uh but on that note did you also find it kind of weird how um i think it was melody is is the main character girl's name she was like really hung up on the deed in a specific way where it felt like she was trying to say that like okay but if we have the deed then i don't feel bad <laughs> <laughs> it's fine that she's dead as long as we have the deed as long if we if we if you know because if we don't have the deed then she was right and then it was wrong of us to kill her yeah <laughs> Which we it was did wrong do. Us to kill her, which we did do. It was fine of us to immediately escalate this to police involvement in a way that would that caused her to suffer a medical crisis and die. As long as we were correct, <laughs> as long as as long as I won the argument. Yeah, yeah. As as long as the power we wielded is recognized in some sort of court of law, then you know the actual. As long as legally it was our right. To <laughs> <laughs> The moral and ethical, uh, that's, uh, don't worry about that part. Listen, that, that all gets figured out in the courts of the U.S. of A. Yeah, I mean, like, that stuff's funny. That stuff's good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, 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 this movie has potential. That's, that's my, my, my final word on it, I would say. It, it had potential that they didn't really fully capitalized on, capitalize on, but they capitalized on some of it. Enough of it for me to have laughed a couple times, I guess. Um, it was really funny when he like throws that hammer at her and it just fucking no clips her through the ground. That was great. That was fucking awesome. See, but we are, we are talking around one thing though. Hmm. The return of Sally from the first film, not played by Sally, not played by the original actress because she passed away. Right. Which all things considered, if you're trying to do the Halloween thing, Maybe don't do it if you can't get the original actress because it doesn't really work. Yeah, it kind of just doesn't make sense, really. 
I mean, she, she kind of just like shows up as like a MacGuffin at the end. She passed away in 2014, which is like not recent even. I don't know. This is just such a weird thing to do. Like, it's such a weird decision to make. I like, why her? Why does she need to come back? Why does, why do her scenes, you know, sideline the other characters so majorly, so hard? Uh, like she does, she just doesn't play well with the other aspects of the plot. It's really bizarre. You know, she's her, her presence in the film is, is baffling. Yeah. I mean, she's hot. Oh, so she has like, yeah, yeah that's fair. She, <laughs> she has that old thing where she's like, no, he's after you. So I'm going to use you as bait. And it's just like, goes after him anyway. <laughs> like he's not coming for the other characters. And then the second she comes back, she's just like, all right, you guys can go now. <laughs> Yeah, I just have a huge part. I have a huge problem with that whole part. Like, oh, he's gonna, he, if you don't kill him now, he's gonna haunt your dreams for the next 50 years. I've been thinking about him for 50, like, not, sorry to paraphrase our Letterboxd review, but like, girl, move on. Yeah. <laughs> move on. We, you don't need that energy. He's not, he's not gonna text you. He's not thinking about you. And I, I love that the movie even has a scene that's like, he just doesn't remember. He's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, literally. I, I'm just, ma'am, I am merely a killing machine. Ma'am, I have been through eight sequels. <laughs> You're going to have to narrow it down a little bit. Stretch, is that you? <laughs> it has been half of a century, madam. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't really, you know. Ma'am, I put my chainsaw on the wall and retired from those killing days. <laughs> I was talking with my roommate I was watching with, like, uh... Oh, don't go in Mama's room. Like, what? What? What did she mean by that? What did she mean? Like, don't cross dress. Don't, don't put on makeup. Don't don't get cunted out. Uh, yeah. But no, there was that just that great scene with the 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 chainsaw on the wall. <laughs> just punches a hole in the wall. And there's a chainsaw. In it. When your mom dies uh, and you punch a hole in drywall. That meme of like of like white boys like when they lose a game of Fortnite or whatever and there's like a hole in the wall, but it's just like uh it's just leatherface when his mom dies <laughs> yeah exactly fucking exactly uh what did you think of the soundtrack by the way uh the colin stetson soundtrack by colin stetson yes yeah i was about to say like uh i i'd forgotten that colin stetson did it because i did i did like the music in this film oh yeah no it was it was good as fuck i i had absolutely nothing to say about it it was perfect it was it was like a good drony scary soundtrack I think he had said something in like an interview about it wanting to sound like a uh, like old machinery waking up again after like a long time. Oh, he's he's so good. He's so good at music at, at film soundtracks. He's great. I hope, pray that if anything comes from this film, it's the it's the weirdo it's the weirdo it's the weirdo horror fans just latching on to the the very gender uh school shooting surviving survivor character yeah i I hope she retains a fan base that kind of extends past you know past with the movie's uh potential may may a million au's bloom (laughs) (laughs) what a yeah elsie fisher she's yeah oh yeah she's like the eighth grade girl She's uh, really good in eighth grade. Too. She's great in eighth grade. She's a great actress. She's fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked I I even liked her in this. She <laughs> she you know she she was well cast. Uh, and 
you know, had, had this, it's very funny, like, I, not to go back to the sort of cynicism of the school shooting thing, but it's like, it's funny to have a character who's not only a survivor of a school shooting, but like living in the shadow of David Hogg, like not, like being a schlub about it. You know what I mean? That I'd completely forgotten that part of her motivation is that she's like, everyone expects me to do great things now. And I'm like, I don't think that's an expectation. Most people put on <laughs> school shooters, survivors. But like, is it though? I think, I think you're just comparing, like, is, is the implication that in universe you went to the David Hogg school, you were a survivor of the David Hogg school shooting. Like <laughs> that, like, like, Oh, some of the other survivors are doing activism and you're not. And so you like, you have like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, did you even survive the school shooting? Like in real life, if you survive an event like that, like people don't expect great things. They expect you to roll over and die like a traumatized animal. That's what people like expect. Like that's, that's what makes the David Hogg thing so crazy. But like, I do have to wonder if there's like a gifted kid industry of just like, oh, how come my school shooting survivor child isn't, doesn't have a book deal? You know what I mean? I mean, we're at a point now where they even, uh, they, <laughs> even the kids who didn't survive are getting fucking shit. There was the, there was like that weird thing where I think it was one of the Parkland kids. Like they like, use the same technology they used to like put old actors in movies in new movies to like make a video with him oh, talking God. about like gun stuff it's so, it's like it's evil it's like an evil like video because it is like digitally recreating an actual murdered child yeah to to sell uh gun control which intent sure <laughs> execution don't do that don't that is that is, that is so that is so terrible so that is opening up that is a pandora's box that does not need to be open <laughs> literally something that is so fucking bad for your brain like not literally something that sounds like it would have been like a mike judge joke yeah <laughs> like, like 10 years ago a search party joke right yeah like no yeah like a search party joke would be like elliot being like we're using the new technology <laughs> to bring back the people we lost to this tragedy <laughs> so they can make sure things like this don't happen again <laughs> i mean do i even have to say it but like on cinema at the cinema as well the way the way that they like predicted the kardashian thing like odd yeah. fucking believable um yeah i don't know it's hard to like <laughs> it's hard to talk about a movie that's like purposefully cynical in in intent or whatever in a in a very cynical world um but you know, I I I did it anyway. I I came here, came yeah, here to the office. Got, I think you got a lot. I think you know you're you're showing a lot of signs that you're finding value, even in films that are not good. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes I sometimes I tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and if you know, even if there's something I liked about a film, I'll trash it. But I, this one's more complicated like it's, it's evil it's a bad movie don't get me wrong it should go it should be flushed down the toilet but you know we're we're talking about art here yeah no and, and and you know it's it's sort of like when you see a town and you're like god 
just like a, a brick oven pizza place would really liven up this downtown area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like oh, this. We're movie. gonna gentrify the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. I think that's I think that's what our 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 plan moving forward is now for yeah. therapy. I honestly, it's, that's very sound. That makes sense to me. I, I think it's a smart plan, and I'm all for it. Uh, who's whose money are we gonna use to do that? Oh, what's Bad Robot doing? Mm. <laughs> yeah, let's hit them up. Let's email them. Yeah, let's 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 shoot them a little text message <laughs> jj jj got this new problem i got this new project you're not gonna believe it jj add me to those j's because <laughs> i got something i got something God to sell you fucking <laughs> damn it you're gonna need a third j by the time we're done with this movie 